we're gonna have an, uh, an interesting podcast today hey guys hi um today we're having um another relationships episode and i have a guest with me today and i'm gonna let her introduce herself so go on <laughs> hi everyone my name is madeline um and yeah i'm excited to be here we have some fun things to talk about and um yeah, I'm just excited to be here and to dive into all the things that um, sometimes can be controversial, but, you know, I yeah. think they're needed to be taught there. It's important to talk about them so that we know where we stand, because when we know where we stand, we know how to create a life that helps us thrive. So, yeah, I think this is very needed and I'm just excited to be here. So thanks for having me. Yes, it's my pleasure. And it's a topic that I wanted to have somebody to also like understand the topic and like um because it's a it's kind of like um a, a sensitive topic to talk about these days, especially because we're going against everything and what everyone says about relationships these days, like TV, right. movies, what it's considered normal mm -hmm. and a Christian relationship it's getting harder and where to find and right now we're, we're like our type of relationships that we have it's it was normal until like a few years ago and right now we are the ones who's weird like yeah. when we talk about the type of relationships that we have and how we date right people get surprised like what really you do that and it's 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 like you usually use the, it's, it's kind of like rare for you to find like, and everyone that I have like relationships with like friendship, I think I'm the only one yeah. who sees relationship like that. Right. No. And I can relate to that completely. I feel like most of my life, it's been like this, uh, you feel like you're kind of on an island <laughs> of like where you stand in, in terms of this belief. But it's so true what you just said about it used to be like back in the old times, like it was the standard, you know what I mean? Regardless, it was like you waited no matter what you believed. I feel like everyone did that. And so it's just crazy to see how much our culture has evolved and that it is kind of leading culture right now. But I think it's cool to know, I mean, just know that we're following kingdom, not culture. And it's always been that. Um, that has always been the saying. So it makes sense that now culture is so far from what the kingdom is. So, yeah. It is. I feel like it is. And I think that topic that everyone is concerned about is sex related. Yeah. And every time we go into dating and talking about relationships, um, people are getting... I don't know why they're so concerned about sex. And um, I have a story that made me wanted to talk about even more. I think I shared with you the time that we had the call about yeah. that, a guy that I was on a relationship um, dating app. And then I was on this dating app. It was a Christian dating app. And we're talking about, um, we ended up talking about sex. And then I told him, yes, like I'm Christian. So, um, I have another vision of what dating should look like. And it was very recent that I was like actually 
um, with this idea of a Christian like dating. Um, and then I was talking to him and he asked me, so um, are you a virgin? And I was like, no, I was married and yeah. I had another relationships and I just start having this new relationship with God. So I feel like I don't feel comfortable doing what I was doing in my like in the past. You know, I want to do it right. So this is what I want for my relationship now. And then he was like, but what it was, what was the point then? Like you already made the mistake. You already like sinned. So why are you so concerned about doing it right? Like it doesn't make any difference. And at that point I was so angry, but at the same time, I just told him, well, it doesn't matter how much I try to explain. If you don't have the same relationship with God that I have, you will never understand. And then I just left it like this. And then we stopped talking. And, but the interesting thing is a lot of people have the same um, kind of like thoughts that he had. A lot of people think like that. Like if you already did that, why are you not doing it anymore right now? Like what's the point? And the thing is, Thankfully, God, it's not, doesn't think like us. He's yeah. so kind. He's so, um, he's our father. So he doesn't look like that. Like what you did in the past is in the past. What are you choosing to do right now for him? It's like a clean slate. He's looking yeah. at you brand new. It doesn't matter if you already did something wrong in the past. If you're choosing to make it different right now, this is what it counts. But people don't understand that. They think just because you made a mistake in the past, you shouldn't like, there's no hope for you. Like, this is the way they try to say, there's no hope for you. Why are you trying to make a difference right, right now? And this is what I was like, everyone thinks like that. Like, it's so sad at some point, like that you think that you're just like a hopeless case. Right, right, yeah. And I think it too also, I mean, it just shows that people don't understand that the way God calls us to live is not to control us, but there's purpose behind the boundaries. Like the boundaries he calls us to live by are for our, our own good. Like it protects us from trauma, pain, confusion, doubt, insecurity. All of those things are, we open the door to all of those things when we don't live the way God calls us to live. And especially when it comes to sex, like when people say you've already had sex before, so what's the point? It's like, that is like, I guess a good way to explain it is like when you, when you live by God's boundaries, you experience a certain level of freedom. So by withholding from having sex, you're protecting your confidence, you're protecting your clarity, you're, you're protecting so much about um, who you are and living out the version of you confidently. So just because you had sex once or in the past and you're not a virgin, but you've recommitted your life, in order to maintain freedom, you have to continue to be responsible with the freedom. So withholding, especially when you come out of a, a marriage or you're now dating again, it's like the rules still apply. Like you can still open the door to sin and trauma and hurt, or you can still protect yourself and be led to the person that God has for you. Um, and so, again, like, unless you do have a relationship with God, kind of like you were saying, people who don't, they don't, it doesn't make sense. It, no, doesn't, it doesn't add up, which is why they look at us crazy. <laughs> so. Yes, because they think we're just like, we're under a restriction. 
Yeah. You know, like you can't do that. And I was watching um, a pastor that I love. Um, His name is Michael. I think everyone knows him on TikTok. And um, he was talking about exactly like uh, about this um, restriction and how people that doesn't have a relationship with God um, don't see us as restriction and something bad that God is telling us to do. But he compared um, as us as a child and God as a father, which he is. Like, you have a kid, he's like 10 years old, and he really wants to drive. And you really love him and you want him to drive, but it's not the time yet. Right. Like, you're not going to give a car to a 10 years old kid just because you love him and because he knows how to drive. It's not responsible for you as a father to leave your kid doing that like it's not the time he will eventually when he's prepared for it yeah even if he thinks he's prepared like this is something that it's not he won't it's not like he's never gonna drive but he's gonna drive when the time is right and when he's ready for it when he has a driver's license when he has a car the age he's been to um the school he's not being a bad father to give him this his son a boundary Mm -hmm. this is how this is how god works he is literally parenting god is our father he won't give us something we're not prepared for he's not saying you're never gonna get it he's saying you're gonna get it and it's gonna be amazing for you it's gonna be this is a gift that i have for you but it's just not the time for you to have that gift because if you have it right now this is will be your end this can like literally kill you this mm-hmm. can be harmful for you. At the same time, driving, it's an amazing thing and gives you freedom. If you do it at the wrong time, it can be a tragedy. Like you can just get involved into an accident. You right. can speed. So this is exactly what God is doing with our lives. Sex is something great, amazing. People think that sex is a bad thing. No, it's not. God creates sex for us, which is amazing, but there's a right time and the right way for you to do it, for that to be beneficial for you and not harmful. Because when you have sex outside of marriage, it's not that it's it's harmful for you because it brings more bad than good. Yeah, It's the same act, but outside of that relationship, it's, it will be harmful for you. Yeah. Yeah. And I think something that helped me understand more of the why, because I do come from a past of having had sex when I was in my early 20s before I started following Jesus. So rededicating my life and deciding to wait till marriage um, after that, it was like I was able to see the difference between the trauma and the pain that it gives you when you do it outside of marriage mm-hmm. and the, and just like the power and the liberation and the confidence that I have now that I am waiting and just the, the how clear I am about what I want, because also having sex before marriage is it, ma- it makes it confusing. You get confused about what you want because there is an actual exchange that happens between you and every person that you sleep with, which is why you feel connected and bonded to those people. Like there's actual I think it's something people don't understand is that there's actual hormones that get released when you have sex. So there's a bonding hormone there's a um, commitment hormone, which is why 
and it's felt deeper with women in particular. So that's why you hear like the woman maybe being so obsessed with the guy or just can't stop thinking about the guy. But it's like, that was a hormone that is actually being released when you have sex. And I think the reason why God made that happen after or when you have sex is because when you're married, it strengthens your marriage. So there's still purpose for it. But when you do it outside of marriage, you get bonded to the wrong people. And, but when it's in marriage, you get bonded to the person you want to spend your whole life with. So it, it just like thrives. It helps your marriage thrive. But when it's outside of marriage, you get connected and you, you marry the wrong people. And um, it's just, I think the most basic way to look at it is your body has basic needs, right? So like we need to eat food, water, um, we breathe air, like basic needs. And our soul has basic needs too. So connection, intimacy, um, feeling loved, like all of those things are basic human needs for everyone's soul. But it's how we meet those needs that uh, determines uh, how our life will look really. So sex, food, TV shows, people, all of those things meet those needs, but without relationship with God and being led by the Holy Spirit, we can get addicted to those things because we're not functioning out of self-control. And then it's like God is the God teaches us self-control through his spirit, but without it, we get our needs met through external things that really lead us into destruction because it, it leads to addiction because we it's helping for a moment, right? So you're mm-hmm. feeling, oh my gosh, sex, I feel wanted and chosen and euphoria because it feels so good. And then it goes away. So you're, you're still wanting that need to be met. But when you bring God into the picture, he's able to meet that emotional need. So it sustains you. And when you bring, when you help God meet the need, you get a, you get addicted to his love, which is going to help you be the best version of you rather than you get addicted to a person, yes. which will always fail you because we're all flawed. So I think we, the world just needs it to be broken down. You know, <laughs> they, they look at it as like, it's just sex, but it's so much more complicated Yeah, and it just needs to be written out. And I feel like then people will be like, oh, that's why I can't stop thinking about that person. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> and for me, it was pretty recent. Like, until last year, I was in that life of just sometimes sleeping around. And I got my heart broken. And I would think, why do I, why do I, why do I want this guy so much? Like, why do I feel the need to be with him? And I would just like, apart from the sex, and the chemistry, I will look at him and be, why I'm so obsessed? Like, what? Do I make anything in the sky? Does it make sense? Like, you know, and sex can really cloud your judgment. And I was watching a video, and then the the guy was talking about marriage versus um, sexual connection versus intimacy, and. He was saying, when you have sex before a marriage, you attach intimacy with sexual connection. It clouds your judgment, making you have a false sense of intimacy with your partner. 
For you to be truly intimate with someone and build a really strong connection, you don't need to take her clothes off. You need to be able to be emotional, vulnerable, because this is intimacy, being able to be vulnerable with someone without hiding anything. Right. And it's so much easier, like for people who never have that experience, it's so much easier for you to take her clothes off than actually being who you are with someone. Right. And I would hear that and I think, of course, no, like you can't take her clothes off with anyone. That's so much easier than you actually be yourself. Right. And when you take this sex out of the equation and you, you have to be yourself, like there's no time for distraction. Cause I know a lot of people use the sex as like a shield to be like, you know what? Let's have this, this fun part right here. So I can like, just like run away from the actually like truly knowing that person and that person truly knowing me. Yeah. Because for example, I had a kind of like a serious relationship for a few months and when we broke up and the sex stopped happening and I was thinking about who he was, I was like, I didn't even know him that much. Yeah. Like we had chemistry, we talked about things we liked, but I didn't knew him, him, and he didn't knew me because we would distract ourselves with that. And after months, we didn't actually like knew each other. And at the end, he wasn't even like 10% of the guy I wanted in my life. Yeah. So that really clouds your judgment and Mm -hmm. really getting the way for you to know someone better. And people have that concern of, but if we don't match in bed, like if we, if it, like if we are not well, like compatible, and here's the thing, sex is just learning anything new in your life. It yeah. gets better, and you get better with practice. And what better person to practice with your life partner? Yeah. Like sex is something that you can get better, just like anything in life. If you yeah. practice, and if you have the actual intimacy. And the freedom to talk about it with your partner, it's going to be great. Like, trust me, it's going to be amazing because when I was married and I was inside of a marriage, I had the freedom to talk about it and to try new things. And it was just like me and my partner there. It's totally different. There's just like a hookup. People don't understand that how different it is. And I wish I would have weight just to have this with my previous partner, my ex-husband, because it's, it's so, a totally different experience. And yeah. it's something that it gets better the more trust you have in that person, the more you love that person. It's, it's something so different. The feeling, it's so different. It's something that makes you feel safe, right. not addicted. Yeah. And it's something that's supposed to make you feel completed because you're doing that with your life partner and not like you're lacking something because when I was doing with someone that wasn't my partner every time that person left or we're not together I felt like I was lacking something like I had I literally gave him something like part of me and I I was given it and I had no idea that I was and I regret that yes so that's why I was like you know what I don't want to do that anymore I want to do that with my future partner and don't feel that I'm just giving myself away to random people who doesn't know me and just like breaking my heart. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think safe, safe is the word that sticks out to me the most because even so say you're having sex with someone just kind of like what you were saying, like you didn't really know each other, but you were, you were doing it and you knew maybe you were in relationship for a few months and you still really didn't know each other that well. Um, if the safety isn't there, like you, and I think that's why a lot of people like one night stands, whatever, the sex isn't even, even, isn't even good because you don't have that safety net, you know, like you don't know how to communicate in that way where it's like you tell them what you need and what you like, which really only gets developed when you feel completely safe with someone, especially from a woman's point of view. I mean, I don't know what the man's side feels like, but yeah. from a woman's point of view, feeling safe is number one, I think, because then you feel like it's a, a place where you can tell them how, like what you want in sex or what, what is, um, what, um, just the way you like things and that isn't communicated or, uh, an area that feels safe unless you feel fully chosen and known emotionally. And like, you know, who this person is, you're not just using me for my body. Like, you know, my heart. And that's another reason why I think God created it for marriage because you choose each other because of who you are in your heart. And so after you've chosen, like, I'm in love with this person. I love their heart. I, I want to spend the rest of my life with this person. Then you're, you've created um, an environment that is so healthy yes. and safe where you can learn each other's bodies and then uh, grow to having a great sex life. So uh, Kind of like what you were saying earlier, it's like, a lot of people say, well, how are you going to spend the rest of your life with someone if you never test drove the car? And I hate that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, no, it's so twisted. You, you, you have to build the trust for the car. Like, that's not going to translate well that way, but you have to build that trust and be chosen about with who you are in order to have a great sex life like you have to have that communication that trust there and it just makes so much sense that god would create the boundary of marriage for that because you've chosen life together so no matter what happens no one's leaving and so you can just grow together so i agree <laughs> yeah but so much like heartbreak people like don't understand how meaningful and how deep like sex is it's yeah. not just about the pleasure because um you can talk to any especially more for women because i don't know how guys work but yeah. women it's almost impossible for you to just have sex with someone and don't get attached even if you don't think you're attached in some yeah. level you ended up getting attached right that's and why you just get caught up in that situation that you're like obsessed with the guy and like what yeah or i feel like people convince themselves that it's just sex and so that's their mind so they think they're not they don't care they're like i don't care i'll sleep with whoever i'll have whatever it never it doesn't affect me it doesn't phase me but really like they're just in denial to what their heart needs which they're getting that need met by sleeping around 
but it's temporary. So that's why I feel like it's just, it damages your soul. It leads to destruction of your soul, which is why, again, it leads to confusion. Um, and even having children when you shouldn't be having children, because another reason why God created sex was to have, was to reproduce. Right. And I think another boundary is like, he created that in the boundary of marriage so that these children could be raised in a family that's together, a mother and a father that's there and they've chosen to, to raise this kid together. And so I think a lot of people have babies prematurely because they're not waiting till marriage, which is the boundary God created. And that really, obviously a child will detour. Obviously a child is a great blessing, but it changes your entire life. Of course. And I think a lot of people have babies with people they never wanted to be with, you know? Uh, and I think that that just speaks again to the boundary and just like, there's so much purpose behind God telling us to wait and it's all for protection. Um, yeah. Yeah. And God, like people don't understand uh, too, because when you're in a relationship with God, he makes sure you have all of your needs met. You don't feel the need to go to have sex or drink or party or do whatever addiction you used to have or whatever you think you need. You have him already. So it's hard for someone who doesn't have a good relationship with God to understand that because they always feel like it's lacking something. And this is, I'm doing for, I'm, I'm talking about like a personal experience because the last year, it was right there, like three months ago. Last year, I spent the entire year almost trying to find a place or something to fulfill a void that I was feeling. Yeah. I was drinking even more than I used to. I was partying nonstop. I was having sex with random people. I was, I was just relying on things to try to fill a void. And after all of that was like ended when I was alone in my room, I was crying. I was having meltdowns. And I thought that it was just because I was lonely because I moved to a new city. But no, it was like my soul crying for help and saying, this is not what I need. Because I was fulfilling my body, but my soul was starving. Yeah. My soul was like starving That's and needing it. something. So I was using my body to try to fulfill something that my soul needed. But this is not the way you feed your soul. You're not going to feed your soul to worldly things. Right. You need things that actually are going to make your, your soul grow and I was like I don't need that so little by little God started separating me because I, I, I reached a point that I was like I know the world I know what Jesus wants for me why am I searching for another thing I was watching a message from a Brazilian pastor and he was saying stop um, stop searching in the world what only God can give you and then I was like wait that was for me and then the entire message was all about that. Like, stop trying to go to pornography or addictions or alcohol or sex. You only need him. And this is when I stopped and I was like, you know what, God? You're the only one I need. Like, I don't know what to do at this point. Like, I'm just feeling this void and I just need to fulfill. And it's only you. And I'm sorry that it took me 
almost entire year in the situation to realize and I told God I just need you and I need you to separate I need you to separate me from these things in a matter of days things just start like going crazy in my life I a fight happened between me and my roommate I had to just run away from my apartment because I couldn't handle the problem I lost all of my party friends like they just like, stopped talking to me and I saw God like separate me and like two months later I was moving to this new place and after I moved here I've been isolated and I'm thankful that God did this because right now I reached the point that I don't need to go out every weekend I don't need to drink I don't need to party I don't feel the need anymore yeah like I don't feel like it's not like I'm I cannot go out, I cannot go out, I cannot, no, I just don't feel like it, like, I'm happy to be here, right. and I don't need to go out and date just any guy anymore to fulfill that, because God made sure that I was fulfilled, and right now, I just don't feel the need to go after those things, so yeah. if you don't have your soul full, you're gonna go to the world and just try to fulfill anything you can find. Yeah, and someone um explained it kind of like this where it's like picture like an inflated a balloon like a deflated balloon in your body is your spirit until you allow god's spirit in in your in your soul right so when you accept jesus into your heart he's now living in you which if you <laughs> refer to the balloon it's like the balloon is being full this god's spirit in you which your spirit god's spirit is the thing that will meet every need of your soul. So it's through relationship with Jesus that will make your spirit come alive. And when your spirit comes alive, it effortlessly will meet the needs of your soul um, in a way that sustains you. And I think another thing is like, obviously sex is a good thing. God created it. And food is enjoyable like we all love to eat i mean speaking for myself but food sex like tv shows movies they all bring emotion and feelings and um they meet certain needs and emotional needs which is why people get addicted to food even and pornography like all of those things um and food is still a great thing sex is great but when we and they're still able to be enjoyed. So we're getting all of our soul's needs met by our spirit, the God living in us. And by default, we're able to still enjoy those things. Obviously, we, obviously, if we still follow the boundary of God, especially with sex, but we still get to enjoy food, but we don't get addicted to it because we're not meeting an emotional need with food. We're already having our emotional needs met through our spirit. So we get to enjoy sex and food and all those things obviously in God's boundaries, but they, it doesn't lead to addiction because we're not on, we're not getting those needs met emotionally through those things. They're just external things that God created in our life, you know? Um, so I think that is also something to pay t or just remember that like, and especially from an unbeliever's point of view, like <laughs> they think we villainize all of these great things like sex or, um, just things that we may have a boundary about, but it's like, no, we can still enjoy those things. We just have a certain boundary and it doesn't turn into an addiction 
Um, I think that's yes. the point. Like you, self-control is pivotal because if you don't have self-control, you will by default be controlled by food because your emotions will draw you to food every time or your emotions will draw you to have sex or get um, a, a feeling of um, a need of wanting to be chosen and loved through a man or through a woman. Um, so it's just, it's so interesting to me, body, soul, and spirit, all of those things, but our body and soul gets, they work together if our spirit is full in a way that will help us thrive. Yeah. Um, it has to be like, um, kind of like, it's kind of like a, a group work. Like if you, if it's like a line project, yeah, it's the Trinity. Like you have to have everyone doing their part, right? Kind of like in a cohesive way. Like I'm doing this to help you. You're doing this to help me. So we we work together. Yes. And people forget to pay attention. Like you have to pay attention to your mind, to your body and to your soul. So I saw this as at a, at a message to like, what are you doing to make your body feel good? I'm eating well, I'm doing exercises. Yeah. Uh, what are you doing to your mind? I'm doing therapy, maybe I'm doing meditation. I'm taking a time off for me to don't stress. What are you doing for your soul? A lot of people lack the soul. Like they have the body and the mind right. But what are you doing for your soul? What are you feeding your soul? Because if one of them are, are, are starving, it's going to reflect on the other two. So if you're not, if you have your soul full, everything else is going to work. If you have your soul starving, it's going to reflect on your mind. You're going to be stressed. You're going to be anxious. Yeah. You're, you're not going to have a good judgment. And then on your body, you're going to harm your body just having sex around or just like eating a bunch of food. And so it's, it's just like, you just have to make everything to be, um, What's the word for that, Jesus? I'm thinking of Portuguese. Um, everything's like balanced. You yeah. just have to have a balance between the three. And if the three of them are getting fed, that's gonna be that's gonna be the key. And people just forget about that because um, the reason why it's so important for us to of of make sure that our soul is full is because with our soul full, anything else can control us. We control our emotions. We control our mind, we control our feelings, we control our needs. If that's lacking, if your soul is starving, you're just going to eat whatever you see. Like, I'm going to get this food. This is going to make me feel comfort and everything. And I'm, it's going to make me feel good. And the food is going to control you, not you. It's going to control your your needs for food. Right. So and this is... Binge eating and you're like, I didn't even want to do that. <laughs> yes. Now I have a tummy ache. <laughs> So the reason why if you have a good relationship with God and you're having your soul fat all the time, you're not going to be controlled by anything. You're going to be the one in charge because you have God giving what you need. So your judgment is clear and you don't have to get anything else to fulfill that needs. You will be able, just like you said, you're being able to enjoy your food. So enjoy your life and wait for sex. So your partner won't be a, a, a burden for you you're going to be more than happy to wait to have that person. So this yeah. is what people don't understand. For us, it's not a burden to wait for sex. It's not no. like we're feeling deprived. We're not deprived. We have God. He's right. going to make us feel full. So 
don't worry we're not deprived we're fine <laughs> we're good you know we're praying <laughs> we yeah. have jesus and then when is the time is right it's gonna be an amazing enjoyable thing but people won't never understand if they don't have that one-on-one with god yeah and the sad part about getting like when your spirit is starving like when you don't have when you're not feeding your relationship with God and putting that first and helping it come alive in you, you have no other choice but to take matters into your own hands. So you're like, okay, I need to meet these needs. How am I going to meet them? And you feel like it's my job to do what I need to do to feel good. So that's why when you don't have a relationship with God, it does feel like it's, you do have to do all of these things because that's what meets your needs. But again, that just leads to more destruction and confusion, confusion and pain. So watering your relationship with God, prioritizing it every day is going to sustain you and prepare you when worldly things come at you to meet those needs. Because it's obviously so much easier to give into a moment where we know we'll get it met. It'll feel good for a moment. We know that. But it what comes after is never worth it. Um, and because we're obviously humans and flawed and have such a flesh side of us that deeply doesn't want to do good sometimes, it's it's easy to want to give in, um, especially when you're not watering your relationship with God because then you're weak. Your spirit is weak, which means you will more, like, more than likely fall into temp- tempting moments where it's like, oh, I, I'm just so lonely. I'm going to go over to his house and because you're still weak, you may end up sleeping with him because you're wanting that connection and intimacy. Um, But when you're disciplined in your relationship with God, you get that need, need met by him. So you feel, again, it's not, it's so difficult because we're still human beings. Right. So like, we, we still desire to have that connection and, and be in relationship and to have sex and be married, all those things. We still want those things because we're humans and God created us with those desires. Um, but I think the thing that is so important is, especially when it comes to being married, because we're waiting till marriage, we're learning self-control. And so we're learning that we can't, be rooted in a human being. And when you don't practice self-control and you don't let God be the person that meets all your needs, you actually have expectations and you root yourself in humans and humans will always disappoint you. So you will always be disappointed if you root your identity and getting all your needs met from a human being, even in marriage. And that's why I think God has this He prepares us for marriage with self-control and by waiting, because even in marriage, if you don't learn self-control and you still are getting all your needs met by your husband and you're not getting your needs met by God, you will still be disappointed because your husband isn't, isn't Lord of your life. Like he, Mm -hmm. he can't be your savior. You need to get those needs met by God still, even in the boundary of marriage. So it prepares us for so much more than even just sex. And I think that just speaks also to how much more complex it is than people give it. Yeah. They just focus on one thing. Like 
okay, you have to take safe sex for marriage. And they just keep into that, like, but why? Yeah. But, but like, here's the thing. When you learn self-control, you learn, um, you just learn how to be a better person because self-control is not just related to sex. It's related to everything, to angry, to anger, to just learn how to not let your feelings control you, especially when you're in a marriage. I was in a marriage. Marriage is hard. You're having another human being there with you with different opinions, different things that they want. So if you don't have self-control, you're going to fight every day for the smallest things. If you don't know how to respect the other person and respect your boundaries, that's going to be a problem in your marriage. Yeah. Not just related to sex, related to anything. So if you always leave you always allow the feelings get the best of you. You're not ready, not even for a relationship. Because when you're dealing to an, with another human being in a serious relationship, the last, thing you, the last thing you could do is just let the feelings take a front. Like you're, you're dealing with a, another person there. You love them, yes, but it's another human being. It's yeah. a different person. It's a different mind. You're gonna, you're not gonna agree in everything. Yeah. You're gonna go so with, uh, you're gonna go through some troubles. And if you learn how to have self control, you're gonna handle those situations way better. And you're gonna have a very happy marriage and, yeah. a, and a great relationship. So it's not just about sex, it's about you to learn how to control yourself and not let situations and feelings control you. Yeah. Yeah, and I think also ultimately it comes down to like, do you trust God? Do you trust what God says? Because <laughs> He's so clear about what He says. So, it, it, if anything, it just illuminates how much you really trust what God says. And I think another reason why, going back to like getting your needs met, it's like it's so much harder to. I mean, obviously, it's so much easier to, in the moment, get our needs met. I'm thirsty. I'm going to drink this. Like, I'm, it's happening right now. Instant gratification. But leaning on God and bringing God into those weak moments can seem so much more difficult because it's not as instant as me just taking a sip of water. Um, and, But in the Bible, it says God's power is made perfect in our weakness. So... Another reason why this is just a big old setup for for us to experience God's power in our life and to just increase our faith and increase our trust. It's because we're leaning on God in our moments of needing basic human needs in our soul, which it's hard when the world is constantly coming at us with maybe a different standard of how to get those needs met. But we're having to focus on God and how God tells us to live. But it's just an opportunity to experience what it means when God's power is made perfect in our weakness. So he can then use a moment of wanting to feel so deeply known, wanted, chosen, and desired. So if we're like, oh, I really want, I feel lonely. I want to get this need met by, I want, I, I want attention. I want a boy's attention. Maybe that's the example. And instead of like going to meet with this person, you stop what you're doing and you're like, Lord, I deeply want to feel known, accepted, loved, cared for, chosen. Just feel this need in my heart and in my soul that wants to be known and loved. 
And every time you continue to do that, he will show up and meet that need. And the more opportunity you give him to meet that need, the more he's going to show up, which by default is going to strengthen your relationship. Um, And then you won't, that need is still going to come up, but you're going to have a better, your coping mechanism is going to be better because you'll turn to God first rather than a human, which will sustain you and protect you ultimately. Yeah. Because when you try to meet your needs with orderly things, it's just like for the moment, it's temporary and it goes away. It makes you addicted. But with God, he gives you something eternal, like forever. It's not, maybe it won't be instant. You won't feel that instantly. I didn't feel like that instantly when I start praying to God. I didn't just woke up the other day feeling like the most, oh my God, I'm, I'm, I'm fulfilled. I don't need anything else. But he was giving me little by little. And the more I was asking him, the more he was doing it until I reached a point that it was stable. It's something that it takes longer, but it's forever. It's yeah. not something that you have to, it's just like, not. it's not like the word that you have to go, you have that need to fulfill for like a few minutes. And then after that, you feel bad and you need to reach out even more like desperate. No, God, God will give you that peace until you reach a point that like, you have that, so you have such a great connection with God that you already have that. He already made you full. It's, 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 people don't, they can't understand because it's not something that you can see. It's yeah. not something that you can see happening, just like when you try to meet those needs. It's something that you cannot see, but you can definitely feel. And yeah. when people ask me, I tell them, just try. Just try to talk to God. God won't just like put the door down and just invade your heart and be like, here I am. No, you have to invite him first. He's very polite. Yeah. He 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 will only show up when you ask him. So be polite and tell God, God, I need you. I want you. He could he could done anything last year. I he I knew he was like doing a few things, but he waited for me to say, God, please, like, I need you now. Like, I have, I, I really need you. And then he was like, yeah, here I am. So he will wait for you. He will wait for you to invite him in. And you have to do your part and he's going to do his part. Yeah. And it might not be instant, but it would be like everlasting. It's forever. It never ends. So um, it's that thing, a, a quality over quantity. So it's going to be, um, it's a feeling that you cannot explain. And when people ask me, like, don't you feel the need to go out anymore to, like, party and do all those things? If you ask me that in the beginning of my journey with God, I would say, uh, you know, like, I really like to do that. At this point, I truly don't. Yeah. I truly yeah. don't. It's, it's so crazy because God doesn't force you. He, he doesn't force it to stop doing those things. He made yeah. you see that you don't need them. Yeah. It's not anything forced. People think that God is just like going to push things down your throat and be like, yeah, you have to do that. God, it's not like that. He would just, he's very patient. He, he's going to look at you and say, this is what you have to do. And I'm going to make you see by yourself. So you yeah. can choose this path. I'm not going to make you. Yeah. And it remind, like, reminds me because I my background kind of going off of the controlling thing, like I grew up believing in God, but I didn't know the relationship side. So 
if you're lacking the relationship side and you just believe in him, the rules don't make sense because you're not actively experiencing his love to help you maneuver all of the rules. So, um, so growing up, not knowing the relationship side, I was like, this doesn't make sense. And it seems controlling. I want to do what I want. I want to do what I want. I want to do all the things you tell me I can't do. <laughs> and so I did, I decided to live my own life and I wasn't living, I wasn't doing life with God. I believed in him, but he wasn't Lord over my life. I wasn't following him. And so then I fell into the party scene and went to alcohol and boys and attention and really looking back, the, my entire the entire reason I fell into that scene and ended up having sex before marriage and like blacking out on the weekends just because alcohol, like the root was like, it was all emotional needs. It was all needs in my soul that were screaming for help, screaming to be known, screaming to know who the heck I was because I had no idea. I was too consumed with people pleasing and what people thought and and feeling like, oh, I need to get validation from my body because I know I have no idea who I am. And I think a lot of, I had no idea who I, who I was because God was absent and God tells you who you are. And he, he uh, builds the identity he created you with. So if you are lacking that, you're going to feel confused and lost and again, get your needs met in ways, the only ways you know how. And back then, the only way I knew how to feel loved and known and chosen and to feel confident even was partying, drinking, um, boys, all of those things were the only way I knew how to cope, really. Yeah, I feel accepted, basically. Yeah. It's coping. because it, it, it is. Again, no matter what, we all have the same needs. Whether you go to God or not, we all have those needs. It's just how we meet them yeah. that will determine how confident we are, how much we know ourselves, the pain we experience, um, the level of intimacy in all of our relationships, and really just how much we thrive. It all depends yeah. on how we cope. And people think, see God as someone who's going to make you feel locked they think being christian and believing god it's just like being in a prison because all those rules but it's the total opposite he makes yeah. you free like yeah. think about it you depend on alcohol sex and uh, exaggerated amount of foods to make you feel good without him but with him you can control sex your needs your your wants Tell me how being with God <laughs> is being in a prison. He makes you free. Free. So you're depending on all of those things. And people think, no, he's just like locking you up and say, you cannot do this and do that. No, he teach us how to control ourselves and be free of those addictions. Yeah. This is what God does. He just makes you see for yourself that you don't need that right now. That yeah. you don't need to go after that to meet your needs. He's providing everything that you need. So if you're going to get food, you're going to get food because you want to. Oh, I want to I feel like eating this. And when you have sex, you're going to know that waiting to marriage is the best thing for you. It's not because just God is telling you, but he made you understand the reasons why it should be wise for you to just wait. It's just a way to protect yourself. So God does just teach us how to be free. 
and don't rely on those things to have our needs met. That's all. And people see us the completely opposite and think, I think I'm the free one. I don't rely on alcohol to have fun anymore. I can go out to like a bar or a restaurant with my friends. I don't need alcohol to have fun, have a great night. Everyone else's needs. I don't. I don't need sex in a relationship to make, to, to feel like my parts wants me because I'm sure that he wants me because of who I am, not because I'm sleeping with him. Yeah. So if you just stop to think about it, it's just right there. Yeah. It's not a prison. It's just him giving you freedom. Yeah. And like, even like asking those people like, okay, so if you think these are meeting your needs, like how consistent is your joy? Like, do you have a peace of mind? Like, what's your confidence like? Like asking those basic basic questions that are fruit of getting your needs met by God, because God is the only one that can maintain joy. Because otherwise, if you don't have God, you base your happiness on external because you're not feeding your internal, the only way that can actually sustain. So it's like, I think another thing, another layer of protection when it comes to waiting to have sex is it protects your mind because opening the door, when you don't follow what God says, you're opening the door to the enemy to have reign in your life. So the best way that the enemy likes to control your life is in your head. And if he can get you to think and agree with a lie, um, then he has control over you. And ultimately that will dictate how much peace you have. That will dictate your joy and your confidence. And it it's just a ripple effect. So it's like, it's so much more layered than just sex. It's, it's, you have a peace of mind. You have, you feel powerful because you, you feel strong in who you are because you're clear, you're clear headed about who you are. And because you're rooted in God and getting your needs met by God, um, you don't get disappointed like maybe you did in the past because God doesn't fail you. He always meets those needs. He always sustains. He always, he has unfailing love. He's His love is unconditional where like if you go to getting your needs through, met through the world and through people, people are flawed. They will disappoint you. People do love conditionally, unfortunately. Like, as much as we want to love unconditionally, there are still a lot of different l- ways that we love conditionally when maybe we don't even mean to. Mm-hmm. And it just, it, I think it also like waiting till marriage for me has solidified who I am to me in my head. That like, that's what I've gotten from waiting till marriage is just so much confidence in my identity because I'm not getting, I'm not letting sex with someone else dictate my worth, which really a lot of times when you have sex with someone, you feel more worthy because they want your, they want you, right? Or they want your body. But ultimately like just because they sleep with you doesn't mean they want your heart. (laughs) They they want who, who you are to your core. So it's just empowering. And I just encourage anyone who might be listening to this, like if you want confidence to maintain your joy, if you want to 
get your needs met in a way that sustains, in a way that will help you thrive, waiting till sex is a great place to start and deciding to, in those moments of weakness, bring God into that and be like, Lord, help me to overcome this need of wanting to be wanted and known. Help me get that need met by you. And your confidence will slowly but surely grow. Yeah. And you'll just start to have more clarity about who you are and what you like and what you don't like because you're not letting other people tell you those things or tell you how much you're worth based off your body and whatnot. Yeah. And if you don't understand why maybe you should wait or why people wait, just ask God to show you. He will. He will. Right. This is okay. not something that... This is not something that it just made for some people. It's made for everyone who wants it. Yeah. So if you're new to the faith or if you never met Jesus in your life and you don't have any type of relationship with him, make the first step and ask him to show you. And you can, you can literally talk to him. Like people think that when you're talking to God, you have to have a certain way. Like literally, I talk to God anywhere, anytime. Yeah. He's my best friend at this point. Like I'm doing the dishes and I'm like, Jesus, I had to tell you something. He yeah. knows what I'm going to tell him. <laughs> totally. I'm like, I'm going to tell you something. It's not been easy today. So you don't have to have your life together. Uh -oh. You don't have to be Christian already. You don't have to, you don't, it doesn't matter what you've done in your past. Yeah. Just talk to him and say, you know what? I don't know you. Be honest. Like, yeah. I don't know you. Like I, I heard about you. I don't think sex should be something I have to wait into marriage but I want to know what's the point like show right. me he will like be honest you're not going to offend him yeah don't don't be afraid you know yeah. you're not going to offend him he's not going to be like oh, you didn't know me yeah no <laughs> he's going to be like yeah I know so yeah he's he's our father he's going to understand so be honest and say Jesus show me I don't know who you are show me I want to know you better so this is what I did this is what I did in my, through, through my life. I was like, Lord, like, I'm going to need some help here because I'm feeling tempted and he would help me. And you just have to be honest. Don't worry. Um, he's not like, people see God sometimes. It's like so far away. Like, yeah, yeah he's our father. He's the creator. But we have access to him literally anytime. Thank God. Like the Holy Spirit is right here. Right. So you can have access to him anytime. And this is what I did. Like, I treat God as my father's life best friend. Yeah. I'm like, if I'm going through some terrible times, because I'm still tempted. It happens yeah. all the time. I'm like, I sit down. I'm like, Jesus, you know, send some help. <laughs> i'm using my lifeline help me <laughs> help me and he will like mm -hmm. it's not it's a it's such a good relationship and you can do this you can ask for help anytime and he will show you the reasons he'll make you he'll show you why you shouldn't be doing this right now and he'll make you understand and, and a different because sometimes you might be like hearing us and it doesn't make sense because yeah. you don't have a relationship you're like yes I, I get your point but still like I don't get it so yeah you just go to the source yeah. <laughs> we're just here like telling things but you can go straight to the source if you want a more clarity in your life yeah I mean it reminds me you were talking about telling him exactly where you're at my favorite phrase in the world is to say if like tell God you don't believe in him 
but talk to him about it. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know about you, Lord. I'm not, you, you probably won't say Lord if you don't know him, but I don't know about you. I'm not sure about you. Like tell him your doubts. Cause think about like, think about a five-year-old coming to their father being like, just telling them what they're frustrated about or they're, what they're having a hard time with. Or maybe the, the dad says, don't touch the stove because it's hot. And the kid does it. And like, then they learn in that moment, oh, that's why you told me not to, because it hurts. It hurts me. And that was you protecting me. But you won't see a father, a good father, be angry at their child for, for wanting to learn the why. Like asking God, why? God, why did you say this? I don't get it. I don't understand. I, it feels good. It, 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 it just is. It looks good. It is good in my opinion. Yeah. So why? Like why? This is this is so true. Like God doesn't want you to be ignorant. Yeah. He wants you to give you the answers. You just have to ask him because the father of ignorance is the devil. Right. So um, this is I saw a message this week telling that the devil will use your ignorance to tempt you and against you. So if you're feeling like, why should I do this or why should I not? Don't keep guessing. Just go to the source and say, God, I don't know about this. Like, I am feeling confused. Should I do that? Should I not? And ask him because when you have wisdom and clarity, you, the, the enemy just lost his power over you. Like, you know. So the reason why people get so lost is because they're just ignorant. Like, they, they just don't know why. They just know the rules, but they know why. So just ask God for wisdom and clarity. This yeah. is going to make your life way much easier. And you see for yourself why um, you shouldn't and should be doing this. Any decision that I have to make in my life, I ask for God's opinion. Like, right. um, I'm at a point in my faith that sometimes I feel secure about some decisions. But just to double check. Yeah. <laughs> <I actually laughs> always got to make sure. <laughs> I always got to make sure. That I don't know. Oh, that's so funny. I, I, I always ask God for this. Yeah signs and i tell god i'm honest my god i'm kind of like dumb <laughs> so please make, make it so clear make it really clear yeah. and he shows like just be honest like you're not gonna he's not gonna feel offended he yeah. knows us so just be honest and i was watching another message and the pastor was saying um don't feel embarrassed of talking to god and being truthful like even if you what you've done you feel embarrassed even to think about just talk that's yeah. a judgment-free zone he won't right. judge you because you did that like yeah. and people feel scared i think to just be completely honest totally and i think it's the shame of maybe what they have done that prevents them from bringing it to god but really bringing it to god is the safest thing you can ever do because the enemy, what the enemy will tell you to do is that what you did is who you are. So he correlates our actions and how we live our life with who we are, who like to our core. But God sees our what we do and our mistakes as sin, separate from who we are. So the reason why when we're in condemnation and we're, we're self-judgment because of what we did, that tells us that what we did is who we are, which is a hopeless feeling. Because you're then saying, well, if this is who I am, how am I ever going to change? But God sees our sin separate, which has hope attached to it. Because that means if 
my sin isn't who I am. That means I'm able to grow out of this and that there's a game plan and God has a way for me to change and develop me. And so bringing God everything that you've done is the best thing that you can do because he will liberate you through that. Like you will, you will now start to own your story because as God transforms you, you will now have a story that is hopeful to someone else who's going through the same thing. And you'll start to see that your sin doesn't dictate who you are because you're going to be actively feeling how you're changing the more you bring God into it. And the devil wants you to be quiet about what you've done in your past and to feel ashamed and to never bring it into the light. But the more we're quiet about it and the more we judge ourselves for what we do, the more we shrink who we are and the more we isolate ourselves. And really that just, that just for one, uh, separates us from people, which people can help speak truth over us, but it also just keeps us in this spiral of lies that the enemy wants to keep us in so that we don't break out of it. But when we bring our sin to the light and we bring it to God, God's love is able to be put on it so that we can then grow out of it with him, with the only one who can help us grow out of it. And not only do we get freedom in that area, but we start to understand that hundreds of thousands of people are dealing with the same thing. We just didn't realize it because the enemy convinced us that we were alone in it because we didn't talk about it or share it or own it for that matter, because there's nothing to be ashamed of. No. And like, if you're somebody that it's coming from uh, a life of just like, like I did, like I spent a long time, not too much long, but I spent a long time um, just giving in. I was having sex with random people, drinking, partying, and just addicted to those things. And I was so ashamed that I thought that it was too much for me to come back to God. Like, he's going to accept me like this. And this is the thing. When you let your guilt consume you you never step in and there's nothing there's not one sin that it's hopeless it doesn't mm-hmm. matter what you did yesterday if today you want to change who you are and you want to know god more it doesn't matter what you did the enemy's gonna judge you people might judge you but god he won't judge you yeah. he will be more than happy to welcome you and see that you want to leave that in the past and from now on walk with him yeah so he won't be pointing at you who does that is the enemy the enemy will point in your face and say you're not worthy but this is his tactic to just keep you away from god right so i've been there this is my life i cannot change my past i was doing all of those bad things but that doesn't stop me to be a better person today and tell you don't do that (laughs) you know i've been there but now I'm not anymore. And it's not because I was in that life that I don't deserve to have the life that got prepared for me or just because I had sex outside of marriage. It doesn't mean that now that I decided to wait, I'm just being a waste of my time. Yeah. This is the things the enemy will use to get you to just keep living our old life. Yeah. Don't be ashamed. Just if you want to change today, it's going to be a clean slate. 
and mm-hmm. don't let the the shame and the guilt to keep you like away from having a better life yeah and i think also on the other spectrum like cuz we've obviously been talking a lot about people who maybe are unsure to wait or don't understand the reason or um, are struggling or in this area, but also for the people who maybe have already committed to save themselves or to wait till marriage. Like just want to speak to for someone who's been waiting for a very long time. And that doesn't, that doesn't um, come without the enemy also trying to whisper things like, you aren't worthy because you don't have anyone in your life. Like those those thoughts of like, if you've been waiting for a long time and you're really trying to wait on God's timing, it's it's easy because obviously the world and culture lives a certain way and you're living so polar opposite. So it can, it can be hard sometimes to admit like, oh, I've been single for so long or like, and the enemy will use that as like, yeah, no one wants you. And the only way you'll feel wanted is if you actually go do these things. So it's also just people just wanted to say, like, encourage those who are waiting, but are having like that hard time with like the push and pull of culture and like um, wanting, knowing, because we know that we know what we're doing is for the best, right? But there's also that like human part of us that wants to be chosen, loved and and to be in relationship and um, it's hard to go against culture because there's so many opinions and obviously still having a mind with a flesh nature, like we're not perfect. So we may agree with things that uh, are less than who we are in terms of our self-worth. So just hold on to you're doing the best thing for you. The best form of self-love is letting God meet that need. Um, And just because you're waiting for a long period of time or someone thinks you're crazy for waiting or um, just don't let that get in your head that you're any less worthy. In fact, like you are standing in the highest level of self-worth because you know you deserve the best. So I just wanted to touch on that too because I know it's not easy living through it. It's not when you're waiting and you know it's the best thing for you, but there's also like, we can be impatient, but God's yeah, not. We're human. There, we're going to have some weak moments. Um, yeah. Me being desperate for a relationship last year was this was actually why I, I fell into the those addictions and, and that life because I was out of a relationship. I was seeing everybody having someone and I was trying to date. I was trying to have someone there and I couldn't find somebody so I fell into that trap. Yeah. And I that that led me to this and the whole thing that happened. So I think that's a very important thing to talk about because when you feel like nobody's choosing you, you think, wow, nobody's picking me. Like, you know, like, yeah. I'm waiting for that long. Maybe I'm not worth it. But here's right. the thing. Um, you're priceless because God will never allow you to just be with anyone because you might think that person is great, but he knows he hears, he sees things you can see. He yeah. knows your, your future with that person, how it would be. And he would never, he would be a terrible father if he allowed you to stay with someone who's just going to hurt you. So yeah. that's why he isolate you 
And that's why I don't mind his isolating me. And I asked him, I was like, God, no matter how much I cry, if it's not for me, don't let me. Because <laughs> yeah. I've been to that road once and I broke my heart several times and I broke yeah. my soul almost. <laughs> so um, be grateful if God is isolating you because the time when you met that person, you know it's that person for you. You know, yeah. you know that God took his time to actually select the guy or the girl to be perfect for you. And yeah. he knows the future. So if your future in his hands, please rest in peace. Like just <laughs> he knows everything. Exactly. Yeah. And it really like when that voice comes to tell you that you're not worthy because you've been waiting for so long or it, it, the enemy is just, re just really trying to detour you from this amazing path you've chosen because it's changing your life and probably impacting other people's lives. Mm -hmm. um, it's like, really, that's just an indicator when you're feeling that weak, like, oh, am I worth it? Like, it has been so long. Like, does anyone want me? I think that's just a big indicator that your spirit needs to be filled, that your spirit might be starved a little bit, mm -hmm. where like maybe you haven't been giving as much time to your spirit or letting or feeding it in terms of developing your relationship. So I think the more full your spirit is, the quieter the enemy's voice is and the, and the less it'll stick, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. So the enemy is always gonna be talking no matter what yeah, through people is <laughs> what he'll always be running his mouth yeah but if our spirit is full it's gonna be like okay but that, <laughs> that doesn't even matter and like it like bounces you're able to shake it off better yeah so that's exactly it's just even when you're feeling that like temptation temptation is really just going back to god god's power is made perfect in our weakness and yes. filling our spirit so that the voice of the world and the enemy gets smaller. That's I have to try, like lately, I've been trying to have this moment with God every day, if I can, multiple times a day. Because I'm living alone. And so far, right. I don't have any friends here. <laughs> That's right. You just moved there, huh? Yeah, I moved here a year ago. And the only friends that I had were like parting friends. So I don't have anyone who has the same like interests than me. And I only have two friends in Brazil, two or three friends that I talk to. Yeah. But here, here, I don't have anybody. Like if I wanted to go out, do something, I just have to go by myself. Yeah. And I know it's a little bit my fault because I don't go to church. <laughs> I just start going to church. Listen, me too. I mean, I'm too comfortable with at home church right now because it just feels like God was speaking to me about this yesterday where it's like, I've created this boundary of what feels safe, which communicates to me that anything else is not safe, but really God is with you and in you no matter what you do. So anywhere you go is safe. Yeah. Like we create these little boundaries of safety that prevent us from doing other things like going to church and meeting new people. I'm an introvert. I panic when yeah. I see people. So for me to go to church... I panic. I'm like, right. no, I'm going to see the, 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 the message from my iPad live. I'm going to do worship, but I'm here. I'm safe yeah. in my place. I'm an introvert. So sometimes I pray to God, God, I really want Christian friends. And I think from his throne, he'll look at me and say, girl. Girl, then show me and leave the house. You're not leaving <laughs> the house. How do you, you expect me to just like ask somebody to knock your door? I'm not going right. to do that. Like, that's creepy. Yeah. So um, I'm with you. 
Yeah, so sometimes I pray some things to God and I think he thinks like, you have to do your part, you know? Yeah. You have to do your, but like, I grow too comfortable to, to stay in. And I'm scared from like to go outside sometimes um, because I'm, I'm terrible in interactions. Like yeah. I'm, I'm, ter- I'm terrible. Like if I see someone, if they don't talk to me, I don't talk to them. I'm shy. Yeah, yeah. I think... I mean, I'm living that out as well of like learning how to get out of that safe bubble I've created and break that box because, and it's liberating to to then be like, oh, anywhere I go is safe. So I can, I can go anything, do anything and go anywhere and still feel yeah. safe. God's always with me. And God was showing me that I've been correlating certain things and in, in, um, events in my life or hanging out with certain people as I have to be on or filled up enough or a version of me where it's like, no, he wants to get me to a place where no matter where I am, I'm me and it feels safe because he is in me. So it's like learning that like unconditional, unconditional love really, because who you are is lovable no matter what, no matter what stage you're in or how you're feeling. So you don't have to show up a certain way, just be you and know that God's living in you. And that when I remind myself of that, it seems so much more refreshing and easier to face. Uh-huh. But obviously, walking it out is a different story. Totally. Well, guys, um, we have one hour and twenty minutes of podcast here. Yes. Um, I like when I have a long podcast. I don't know if people hear everything, but <laughs> <laughs> one day we're talking about in the beginning. One day I need to be prepared for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but thank you guys so much for coming. Thank you so much, Madeline, for coming here. It was it was really good um, to have someone to share those experiences and the and the relationship with God uh, with everyone. Yeah, thanks for having me. This has been so fun. I think these conversations are so needed. And it's funny. It's like I know a lot of these things that we're both talking about, right? But it isn't until like we take time to really talk about them that I even remind myself, you know, it's like, yes, and talking with someone else, because obviously, we're both craving relationship. It's like, you need to talk with like minded people to then increase your own faith and feel encouraged. So this, if anything, helped me as well, just communicating it and just feels good to talk about it, because I think these are very, very needed in the world. Um, So thanks for having me. Yeah, that's, that's, I think people need to listen some more, listen more to those things. And well, hopefully we're going to have more episodes talking about this and other topics. And see you guys in the next episode. Bye, everyone.